Now, that brings us to the deficiency of our supplications, because the oil stayed, it stopped flowing at one point. Now, to this woman's credit, we have to recognize that she did everything right, exactly as she was told. She complied exactly with Elisha's instructions. She closed the door. She gathered as many pots as she could. Her sons cooperated and helped. While she poured, they passed in the pots. And, of course, the reason for the oil ending, ceasing to flow, is very clear. When the last pot available was filled, the oil stayed. Now, notice it was not a lack of supply. It was a lack of capacity. Welcome to Let the Bible Speak. This is Ian Gallagher. I wonder, are you a satisfied Christian? Satisfied with your Savior, with your personal walk with God, and your fellowship with Him? Now, every Christian will answer that in two ways. Uh, They will say, I believe that Christ is all that I need to be satisfied. They are convinced that in Christ is all the fullness of all the sufficiency required, and yet in our own personal experience, we do not enjoy the full blessing that is in Christ. There is a need to be stirred up. But the answer, of course, is that we keep our eyes on Christ himself, the objective or the object of our faith, that in him truly is every sufficiency, and that by faith, we ought to daily draw from the Lord. Now, drawing grace from the Lord comes down to our prayer life, comes down to our feeding on the Word. It comes down to our enjoying the ministry of the gospel to our own souls. Those means that God has ordained that we might grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus. And by feeding, we are nourished, By being nourished, we are made strong, and we are made to be overcomers through the Lord Jesus. Today, we go again to the message on the widow who had her pot filled with oil. Even in her dire need, she was well satisfied. And at the close of the program, I'll have another reason why I hate alcohol. So stay tuned with us now as we turn to our pulpit ministry from our church here in Cloverdale, as we let the Bible speak. And of his fullness have all we received. Of his fullness. What fullness is in the Lord? Will we know that he is the fullness of the Godhead bodily? That's the book of Colossians, by the way. He's the fullness of the Godhead bodily. All the fullness of the Trinity is in the Son. There is a divine supply of grace, a reservoir of grace, an inexhaustible reservoir in the person of our Lord Jesus. How can that be? Because of the supernatural person he is. He's God. He's also man. He's the God-man. He is infinite in every which way you consider him. His life was supernatural. His death was supernatural. His resurrection was supernatural. 
His intercession at the right hand of God, pleading our cause, is with supernatural power. And there is a fullness for you and for me, for us to enjoy. Now, notice how John goes on in that verse 16. Of his fullness have all we received, and grace for grace. Ongoing, keeping ongoing grace. It never stops. And if you wonder, are you going to have living grace? You'll get it. Are you going to have suffering grace? You'll get it. Are you going to have dying grace? In that hour when you face the enemy of death and you're going down through the valley, will there be a sufficiency of grace for your soul in that hour? This is faith not in a mere prophet, teacher, good person, but in the infinite, eternal character of our Lord Jesus. Now, let me then ask you the question. Out of the fullness of the Lord Jesus, I ask you in Jesus' name, what shall I do for thee? You've come to church tonight seeking a blessing, recognizing the want and need in your life. What is it that you would have the Lord do for you? Well, tonight, let's bring our pots. Do you need peace with God? I mean inner peace, settling peace, calming peace that kills the fear of man and the fear of future and the fear of the unknown. Peace that the Lord will uphold you in any situation. Bring your pot. Bring your soul to Christ There is fullness in him to fill your life with that peace. Do you need knowledge? That is something that every Christian truly desires. And we confess our need to know more. Bring your pot. Come by faith to the Lord and say, Lord, teach me. Give me a comprehension and an understanding of the great things of the gospel. Ask the Lord to open your eyes that they be not holden, but that he makes you to see. Do you need joy in your soul? Well, bring your pot. Let that need of your heart be filled tonight. The murmuring, complaining, and perhaps the defeated attitude you have in heart. Bring that empty pot and let the Lord fill your soul with joy. Does he not promise it? Think of John 15, my joy I give unto you, that your joy might be full. The Lord does not want his believers to be miserable and sad, but rather in the fullness of his grace to know the inner overflow of grace that brings joy to our hearts. Do we need grace to commune with God, to pray? Is your prayer life empty? Bring your pot. Bring it to the one who is full of grace and truth. Confess it and say, Lord, my prayer life is empty and dry. Lord, will you revive me and give me a new prayer life? Surely the Lord will not turn away the earnest cry of a child who asks for grace to ask, asking grace. Do you need strength in your life? 
Maybe you've never felt weaker. Maybe you've once been strong and bold and upright and, and outright for God. But tonight you feel just dragged down. Bring your empty pot. Ask for strength. The Lord promises, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And he gives strength to the humble and to the needy. Then there's patience. I've only got two more, by the way. Patience. Do you need patience? What is Christian patience? It's not just to be a a lackadaisical, laid-back character. Christian patience is joyful endurance in hardship. It is to endure the difficulties of the Christian life with a sense of, I'm resting in my Lord. Bring your pot. Bring and ask for patience to be an overcomer in the areas of life. Then the last one I would suggest is godliness, holiness. And surely we all have to confess that we need our pot refilled that we might live a holy life. Holiness is not works. Holiness is not by our efforts, although we do cooperate in it. There is in the gospel imputed righteousness. That's legal. Then there is imparted righteousness. That is the Spirit of the Lord pouring in grace, changing our lives into the very image of the Lord. Now, where did I get this list from? I mainly drew it from First Peter and, sorry, Second Peter chapter 1, that we are to add to our faith seven things. And you go down the list of the seven things in Second Peter 1. This is not legalism. This is not some hyper-holiness. These are things you have in the Scripture that we're to add to our faith. And you can bring your empty pot to the Savior and have your life filled, refilled, and refilled again. And the Lord will take great delight in pouring in grace into your life. This week I happed upon a little statement by Corey ten Boom. She was that Dutch lady that was ended up in a German concentration camp, suffered greatly for the cause of Christ in trying to shelter Jews. While she was in a camp, uh, she was right at her wit's end pleading with the female warden to relieve the, the, the duties and the burdens. And when she asked for that relief, she was beaten savagely. In her agony, a Christian friend whispered to her ear, pray for love, pray for love. How do you love someone that has just treated you like an animal? Corey Ten Boom testified that in that evening, and it took some hours wrestling with the Lord until the fullness of love, Christ's love, filled her heart. It was a struggle, but she prayed for love. There might be someone in your sphere of life, and you're struggling, and you're wondering how to be a blessing to them rather than be a hindrance. 
bring that pot, bring that need to the Lord. You see, that we've got to learn to bring our needs to Jesus and ask him to fill us with the supply of grace we need for every situation. And we're promised that this love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. That's Romans 5, 5. The Holy Ghost is shed abroad in our hearts. The love of God that we so greatly need to live the Christian life will be poured in by the Holy Spirit. You see what I'm doing? Equating the oil to the Spirit. And just as the oil was sufficient, there is adequacy in the Holy Spirit's ministry to make you the woman, the man, the young person you need to be to live for Christ. Whatever the battle, there is sufficiency. My God shall supply your every need according to his riches in glory through Christ Jesus. You go to him, and he pours in the grace that you need. Now, that brings us to the deficiency of our supplications, because the oil stayed. It stopped flowing at one point. Now, to this woman's credit, we have to recognize that she did everything right, exactly as she was told. She complied exactly with Elisha's instructions. She closed the door. She gathered as many pots as she could. Her sons cooperated and helped while she poured, they passed in the pots. And of course, the reason for the oil ending, ceasing to flow, is very clear. When the last pot available was filled, the oil stayed. Now notice, it was not a lack of supply, it was a lack of capacity. It was not a lack of the Lord's sufficiency, but the woman came to the end of what she could contain. The deficiency was in the pots as receptacles, not in the original pot that was pouring out the oil. And I think if we got a look into the original pot, it would still be full. That's just how the Lord does things. The original pot would have been filled as well. Now, the lesson for us is very clear. The Lord gives as long as we ask. And while we keep asking, he keeps giving. What was it that James said? Ye have not, because ye ask not. Why is the church bankrupt? Why is the church so powerless? It's because the church needs to be driven to prayer. You'll notice that it was the penury of this woman. And you'll notice in the very opening statement of chapter 4, verse 1, now there cried a certain woman. She cried in her great need. And that ought to be the posture of the church. That ought to be the asking spirit of the people of God for all the needs that we have in the Christian life. And the Lord says to us, according to your faith, be it unto you. If we stop asking, we will have not. If we do not pray in faith, believing prayers, if we do not really trust the sufficiency that is in our Lord, the fullness that is in him, surprise, surprise, the oil stays. 
Where are you at in your pleading with the Lord for his power and his help? Now, we are commanded to keep looking unto Jesus. That's the command that is given to us. Keep looking unto Jesus. As those boys brought those pots, they kept looking at the major pot, the original pot. And I'm sure they were aghast. Mom, it's coming, it's coming, and it keeps coming. We should be so full of faith that we bring our needs and expect answers and expect God to wonderfully bless. Of course, we're commanded to pray. Prayer is not optional for the Christian church nor the the Christian. And this is how this miracle got started. The woman cried. And the Lord says that we are to abide in him. He's the vine, we're the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch. And then the next verse, if ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Now notice something here. The secret of John 15 is that those who abide are the same who ask. If you're not abiding in Jesus, you won't ask. You won't have the faith. You won't have the confidence. You won't even have the desire. But those who abide in Jesus will ask, and it shall be done unto them. So what is your need tonight? What is your greatest need in your own personal walk with the Lord? Ask. Come, trusting in the Lord Jesus. I've been talking a lot over these weeks about Jesus satisfying the Christian's soul. If that's not true, I'm a hypocrite. I read in my Bible of believers and and, and countless people who were so blessed, so thrilled, so delighted, so filled with power and grace and praise. Their lives were changed, and I'm called to preach the same gospel. Then I must believe that my Lord Jesus is the same today and still satisfies believers' hearts. If that's not true, I've got to stop preaching this gospel. I've got to stop being a minister in a Christian church where things are just not what they used to be. If this is not real, we're finished. If this is not genuine, we had better not continue. And the chief lesson to discover is this fullness that is in our Lord Jesus. And I would like you to be able to say tonight, you don't need to tell me at the doors between you and the Lord, I would like you to be able to say in your heart of hearts, of his fullness I have received. And I'm going to serve my Lord this week out of his fullness, because I will receive. That's the confidence of living the Christian life. He will give me the grace for the issues of the day, the hour, and the week before us. That's the confidence that the Lord wants us to have as his people. Now, I didn't get to it tonight, and time won't allow me. But this miracle of Elisha, 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 is ditto 
of a miracle that was performed by Elijah, the woman of Zarephath. It's it's so similar. Now, when you read former accounts, it must have given this woman the hope, if only I could get to the prophet, the man of God. And knowing what the Lord has done in the past fills us with confidence to keep on asking. We're living in lean days in the church of Christ, but God has done great things in his church. God has revived her. God has kept her pure, refined her, and given her a breath of power to work a new thing. And remember our text at the beginning of the year, call unto me, and I will show thee great and mighty things that ye know not of. Let us, let us be men and women of prayer and look to the one who is all-sufficient and able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or even think. May the Lord so come and fill you. I would love to hear reports of Christians in this church, individually, at home, wherever, just filled and thrilled with the blessing of the Lord. That's what the Christian life ought to be. I pray for you. I ask you to pray for me that we may know more and more of this fullness that is in the Lord. You're listening again to Let the Bible Speak. Thank you for joining with us through the program, and we have now just a couple of minutes on Righteousness Exalteth a Nation. And this week I want to emphasize the curse and the bondage that alcohol brings many people into. I hate the use of alcohol when I learn how Lot fell into immorality. And I want to read you this because it's, a well, for most people, an obscure account, but it's heavily documented here in Genesis 19, and I read from verse 30. And Lot went up out of Zoar and dwelt in the mountain, and his two daughters with him, for he feared to dwell in Zoar, and he dwelt in a cave, he and his two daughters. And the firstborn said unto the younger, Our father is old, and there is not a man in the earth to come in unto us after the manner of all the earth. Come, let us make our father drink wine, and we will lie with him, that we may preserve seed of our father. And they made their father drink wine that night, And the firstborn went in, and lay with her father. And he perceived not when she lay down, nor when she arose. And it came to pass on the morrow that the firstborn said unto the younger, Behold, I lay yesternight with my father. Let us make him drink wine this night also. And go thou in, and lie with him, that he may preserve seed of our father." And they made their father drink wine that night also. And the younger arose and lay with him. And he perceived not when she lay down, nor when she arose. Thus were both the daughters of Lot with child by their father. And the firstborn bare a son, and called his name Moab. The same is the father of the Moabites unto this day. 
Oh, this is a very sad account here in God's Word of Lot falling into incest with his daughters, being in a stupor, having drunk and overdrunk with wine. Oh, the dangers of alcohol. These two young women, uh, they knew the influence that alcohol would have upon their father. They knew that it would knock him out of his senses and put him into a form of stupor, uh, that he would behave wrongly, and that he may even have his conscience seared and his memory erased from these events. These are the influences of alcohol uh, that can be uh, wrongly used, and it becomes the abuse of alcohol, and it is inevitable when people give in to these things that through the influence of alcohol, they fall into immorality. I want to also read to you about Nadab and Abihu. These young men offered strange fire in the place of worship, for which they were slain, destroyed. And we discover that it was because of the influence of alcohol in the midst of their false worship, because immediately after the event, alcohol was forbidden to be used by Levites. And so this is a, a, a dreadful uh, stain upon men of God, men in worship, because of the abuse of alcohol. Then we have Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, and warned in his Proverbs of the evils and addictive powers of alcohol. Proverbs twenty three twenty nine, Who hath woe? Who hath sorrow? Who hath contentions? Who hath babbling? Who hath wounds without cause? Who hath redness of eyes? They that tarry long at the wine, they that go to seek mixed wine. Look not thou upon the wine when it is red, when it giveth his color in the cup, when it moveth itself aright. At the last it biteth like a serpent, and stingeth like an adder. Thine eyes shall behold strange women, and thine heart shall utter perverse things. Yea, thou shalt be as he that lieth down in the midst of the sea, or as he that lieth upon the top of a mast. They have stricken me, shalt thou say, and I was not sick. They have beaten me, and I felt it not. When shall I awake? I shall seek it yet again. Oh, the evils of the curse of alcohol, and I bid you to flee from it. And we pray that this nation, which is one of the highest alcohol consumption nations in the world, that this nation may be delivered from its curse. Let us work to that end, and may God set people free from this horrible addiction. May we pray for that also. Stay tuned now for these closing announcements. You are listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived by program date on our website. Just go to 
ltbs.ca, CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, as well as helpful articles. Or you can go to our podcast on iTunes. We're on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast, and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view to our online services at 10.30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click on the Live Now button on the homepage of our website. Or if you would like to talk with me one-on-one as a pastor, please give me a call. The phone number is 604-897-2040. The mailing address is 187 9058 Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S1M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number 10 Highway on 188th Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, 5 a.m., 5 p.m., here on this station as we let the Bible speak. Music.